Life's a Mitch. G'day guys, welcome to episode 7 of Life's a Mitch, and that word, that title is still a play on words, and I've actually grown to like it, so you know, good on me. So um, today, first and foremost, we've got another guest, and our first reoccurring guest. So you might cast your ears back a few weeks ago, I did a bonus episode on a clairvoyancy reading that I had with the one Katrina, and um, she was being kind enough to grace us with her time today. So first and foremost, welcome and happy International Women's Day. Thanks for oh, coming. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Yes, happy International Women's Day. Pretty cool, I think. Pretty cool. Pretty cool to be here with you, Mitch. I mean, seriously. Oh, I, I'm so honoured. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're only human, I suppose. <laughs> I'm just in awe, mate. I'm just in awe. So, um, you know, just to recap what happened. So the start of the year, I was facing a little bit of a... a like a, I guess you call it a, a roadblock. I didn't know what I, where I was going, careers, relationships, even just in general, like what am I doing in my spare time? So, and even though it's only been like a few months, a lot has transpired. Right. Um, so, Great you know, so, you know, you're, you've obviously good at what you do. You've got 30 odd thousand people who are into, into your socials. And, you know, I'm sure that you've met many a person in your time. Mm. And um, so I was just going to see, ask you first off, you know, when did you first start getting into clairvoyancy and like when did you know that you like you had the knack for doing this sort of thing yeah sure well I actually wrote a book Mitch um it's called um Christian to clairvoyant so that's the whole story of my life however in a nutshell I have always been clairvoyant but I actually didn't realize it because I was brought up in a very strict religious upbringing so clairvoyancy devil's work essentially okay so it's like I joke now that I now do the devil's job you know I'm working with the devil but um it was all transpired where I went through a divorce and the church kicked me out because I divorced my husband and I'd met my new new man who I have actually remarried. And it made me question everything that I had been indoctrinated with because you are indoctrinated in a mm. church, okay? It's you, not just you learning. You don't really get a say with what's sort of indoctrinated into you as a kid, do you? No, no, you don't. It's like this is these are the rules. This is what we believe and that's it. It's like it's very black and white. And so, you know, being kicked out of the church, I mean, it's like, almost like being kicked out of your family because it's very insular and the church is your family and all of a sudden you don't have it anymore. So I did this whole, you know, quest of, you know, reading up on different belief systems and, you know, researching even how the Bible itself was written and all of these kind of things. And in the process, I met um, a woman whose son was around the same age as my son. And, you know, we took turns carpooling the kids and all that sort of stuff. But she was writing to like tarot cards and stuff like that, which for me was still the devil's work. Anyway, I did go and buy um, a deck of tarot cards, didn't open them for I think about four years because I was too scared to. Right. and she ended up this is probably from from meeting her probably about five years later she goes oh he's this great clairvoyant you know blah 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 you got to go and see her and I was like oh whatever and so <laughs> I you know we went together and took turns having this reading and this this particular clairvoyant said to me she went you know you're clairvoyant right and I just went nah, nah. I was kind of sort of aware of how to you know meditating maybe I don't know this is just weird sort of shit and she goes, no, no, you are clairvoyant. She goes, you'll be greater than I will ever be. And she goes, what I want to do is I just want to ask you some questions and then you just answer, but you just answer the first thing that pops into your head. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not going. Because to me, it's like a test. Do you mean I hate being put on the spot, you know? And she goes, no, no, do it. I went, okay. And she goes, what did my house look like when I was a child? And there was like, what colour was my uniform? What did I used to do as a job? And all these, and I got them all right. Ooh. I got all the questions right. That's okay? really cool. Yeah, and, and she just went, well, there you go. That's it. I was like, fuck, that's a little bit weird. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's a little bit weird. And she said, look, 
go to, at that time I was living in Newcastle, so she'd go to the Newcastle Spiritualist Church and just develop, just get, you know, trust in yourself and belief in yourself and all that sort of stuff. And so I did, but it was like, it was literally a journey of, from really like sort of, sort of seeing her to actually accepting that I'm a clairvoyant. It was probably nearly like four or five years. So is there a, ch- that's fair enough. That's a, that's a pretty cool story. So is there a church for clairvoyancy too, is there, did you say? Well, it's a, it's a spiritual church. So there's not a clairvoyant church, but so it's called, um, this one in particular is called Newcastle Spiritualist Church. And there's lots of little groups and some of them are just like, I think Foster has one or used to have one, just like a little group of people get together. And so what they do is it's not like a typical church. You might sing some songs, but they're not hymns. But, you know, they usually have a guest speaker and maybe a clairvoyant, then they do readings for each other and stuff like that. So the Newcastle Spiritualist Church is, they do what is called flower reading. So you pick a flower from your garden and just like hold it, put your energy in it, put it in a paper bag, and then somebody will come along and give a message for that. So you don't know who belongs to that flower, if that makes sense. So you just pick up this, you know, put your hand in this bag and go, right, I'm getting the name, you know, Tim Smith, and I'm seeing a sunflower and I'm getting blah, blah, you know, and you just randomly do this stuff. And it's and it's a really good way if you're wanting to develop your clairvoyancy to do it because it's random, like you don't know who it belongs to. So there's not like any pre-knowledge. Of That's cool. So it's kind of like a spiritual hub, kind of like a uni campus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool. So, um, well, that's where it all started. And after how long was it until you started you wrote actually wrote your book was it long before that came out no in all honesty I took a while to write the book I had done a number of talks like it's you know psychic fairs and, and things like that and every time I did a talk just sort of doing a brief overview of this is how I, I got to where I am I had so many people come up to me and go you've got to write a book about that because you know I was brought up in the Catholic church and you know it's a real struggle you know and and so many people kind of identified with it so that's why I wrote it but seriously I'd probably been um working in the working as a clairvoyant probably about five years before I actually wrote the book fair enough well, I'll put a link to that below underneath so people can check that out if they want to but that's yep. interesting like so you know you know, the stigma is like clairvoyancy or tarot readings or whatever. You know, mm. I would assume that you had a heap of speculation and a heap of like, you know, wh- how can you do that? Like, it, it was there, did you cop much like flack from people who were like very close minded? And, and look, I have to be honest and say, I actually didn't have too bad a time. Um, it's, I, I still have friends who, who, belong to the church and it's just like we just don't talk about it and I'm, I'm quite happy but like they don't beat me over the head with their religious beliefs or whatever or what they're doing at church and I don't talk about what I do but we you know we just connect and talk about our families and stuff like that um my stepfather who is very very strict Seventh-day Adventist um I told him but it's like there's no discussion it's never ever mentioned my mum, bless her cotton pick and socks, who now has dementia, but she tells people that I'm a counsellor, kind of am. Do you know what I mean? I just go, yep, yeah, that's fine, you know, that's cool. But you do randomly probably get more flack from people you don't know. Yeah. You know, those randoms that just, you know, get on your Facebook page and go, oh, you're full of shit and how can you charge for that shit, you know, and all and all that sort of jazz. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, people if you want to be close-minded, is. be close-minded and that's fine, just delete and ban. I don't bother getting into arguments with people. All these keyboard you know, warriors. Yeah, you know, it, they are. They are keyboard warriors. And seriously, if you don't believe it, that's fine. I'm not here to impress anyone or convert you. Jermaine, it's, if you want to have a reading like you did, you have a reading and you like it or you don't, and that's cool. Jermaine, like, it's just the way it goes. Yeah, and, of- like, to be fair, like, I, I've always somewhat been spiritual myself. Like, you know, I, I be- like, there, there can't be that much, like, you know, so all ancient civilizations, you know, ancient China, ancient Egypt, Greece, mm. 
there's always talks of spirituality and gods and you know mm. all these things so all these ancient civilizations that particularly at the time probably weren't connected there's some talk of like you know the afterlife and whatever you know whatever it might be in the form of that's at least to me that's enough evidence again or what i'm somewhat intrigued mm. so that's one reason i went to you so like you know a few of the things that you said did come to fruition um that so far and it's still early days yet mm. but actually you said like you know so we spoke about like relationships and stuff just took a trip up north. There is a girl whose name is starting with A that I've mm-hmm. hung out with a couple of times. Yeah. She's a redhead and yep. she has the Aussie accent. So two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've got, um, so career-wise, I'm starting to do this. And the more yeah. the more like um, progress I'm making, the more natural it feels. So I'm enjoying this. And even if mm. it doesn't turn out to be a, a full-time career, I'm enjoying the heck out of talking to people. Yeah. So that's good. Got my mug on TV. So last week I spoke to uh, Christine. No, it was Carl's interview. And um, I got on the TV game show Mastermind. Ah, cool. And so if, for those who are unaware, the show is predicated. You can pick your own topic and there's a, a general knowledge round. So two minutes of your topic. And I chose the TV show Scrubs because I'm a huge Scrubs nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought it'd be funny to be like, oh, I'm such a nerd. They let me wear my Scrubs onesie on TV. So you got this yes. big green onesie with pink pockets on it, <laughs> bald as hell. And I think I made the joke that I look like a human te- thermometer because I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. And I think it airs this week. So I might even see if people are keen to watch that. And, you know, fast forward half hour, I did horrendously. But... <laughs> The funny thing was, is that I had the producer laughing at the host laughing and the host, Mark Fennell, good guy. And he's, I can't think highly of him enough. And he gave me some pointers. He's kind enough to, you know, cause he's worked in, yep. and he said to me like, between breaks, he's like, that's a nice onesie, mate. I'm like, it's actually a twosie. Come on in. There's room for two. Lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and just like jokes like that in between takes, he's sort of like, you're very funny. I'm like, and you're very handsome. Please keep, I'm like this. Hands it like, like a little kid looking at it. Please tell me more, sir. <laughs> and that, that left such an impact with the producers is that they asked me to stay back for an extra 10 minutes afterwards, just chatting, having a good laugh and film like a little spot for the show. So I yeah. said, why do you like onesies? And I'm like, because they make my bum pop. And then I wise when <laughs> I said that. <laughs> so between that and started to do training at a local radio station on how to, you know, it's the demographics older, which is fine. you got to start somewhere, but potentially get to host a radio show. And um, yeah, that's fantastic. Head- and the thing is, even though, even though like the demographics is older, it's still really important to know how to talk to any demographic. Well, do you I mean? Hope- like it's actually going to be really good experience. Like I said, it's really good experience for you to, to do that. And I'm really proud of you for the fact that you've actually got off your butt and and started making a change like so many people can sit there and go I really want to do xyz and then there's crickets you know they won't do anything to, it's like I am a believer that when you start putting it out there you're actually putting your energy and go this is what I want my life to be like it will start happening I'm, I appreciate that you know, you know I, so good um, on you it, I, you know I, we I, all have to make our lives and you're doing a great job of it I appreciate that so like, so yeah, I'm, I mean, like nothing's going to happen unless you stand up and do something. That's it. What's so, that meme? I, I love memes. I'm a meme person. It's like <laughs> nothing's going to change if you don't change. That's true. Um, I saw like there's a scrub related meme and it was like, so the two characters, Turk and JD are doctors and they're best friends. And it's like, it's guy love and the guy's reaching out for a big hug. I saw Photoshop mine and my best mate's Brooksy's head on there and did the same. He just wrote back, <laughs> you are a raging dickhead. <laughs> But he's like, yeah, I, I feel it too. <laughs> so like, 
So that's cool. So fast forward, actually, we might rewind a bit. So yeah, we no, actually we'll fast forward a bit. I'll edit that out. So like made some progress in a few months and like that's only three, two or three months. Imagine what I could do with six months. Yeah, in a year. Jermaine, it's it's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You just keep keep plugging away and just keep doing it. That's what you just do. And like I said, even just doing these podcasts is giving you experience of you know questions to ask and learning to think on your feet. And, you know, and, 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 and keeping conversations going because it's just so important to know how to do that. And, again, across any demographic. Well, I hope so. I mean, so, you know, speaking because the show is loosely about relationships and, you know, we, I've spoken to people in my life who have interesting stories to tell, some single, mm-hmm. some married. Um, you know, yourself, you're married. You mentioned that you were married before. But in, in your readings, in, like, however long you've been doing it, I am assuming that you've cancelled or given advice to however you put it probably hundreds if not thousands of people and in your time um what are some of the common threads that you've seen like dating trends or or how have you seen things change like if that sort of makes sense yeah no absolutely um so i've been doing this for over 10 years officially Okay, so yes, a veteran of, of a veteran of the sport, a veteran of it, a veteran of it, and, and thousands of, of, of readings. One thing I can say is, I really think while I do love modern technology and it is so great, I think at times it is absolutely horrendous when it comes to dating and all that sort of stuff. I think it's really thrown things chaotically. There is now too much choice. Yeah, okay. And I think, and not even just with dating apps and things like that, but I actually think the message from like um, from the world, you know, like the, that all really changes. So if everyone is all about, you know, having to find their, their soulmate, but people think their soulmate is someone that, you know, you just so perfectly get along with and nothing ever goes wrong and, you know, it's this perfect relationship and you just go, it's just fucking not, <laughs> you know, it's just not people's. Stop thinking that, you know. Um, I think it's really sad and I actually get really frustrated as time has gone by and, again, you know, dating apps have become so much more prevalent in our lives. Mm. Um, you know, I'll have people have a reading. They say, look, I'm with this guy and I'm not just saying this is just women. It happens with men and women. Look, I'm with this, you know, my partner's really lovely. I think they're just, you know, they're really good. But I just want to check, is there anybody better out there? Okay. that is seriously- Okay. Like I actually wow. have people say that to me and I just sort of, you sort of feel like just getting them smacking them over the back of the head. And I think for somebody like me who, you know, I am older than Google, uh, (laughs) you know, before that, you know, we would go out for me, you know, it was my church group, but, you know, you would be people that you went to school with, you know, you'd hang out or the people that you work with. And that was literally almost your entire social circle. So you would meet someone there and you go, oh, they're nice. Yeah, okay, let's give this a go. They're not perfect. There's none of this oh, they've got to be this perfect person. I have to have this perfect relationship because, you know, I've got to put this on social media that everyone thinks I've got this perfect life. So there's this whole kind of pressure. And I think people are now, um, and I'm going to say especially women, sorry, girls, for that on International Women's Day, but I think especially for women get a little bit caught up in getting married. Like it's not even getting married, it's the wedding. They they want to be the princess for the day. The day all about them, like. Yeah, the day all about them. And, you know, I saw a thing on TV, you know, because of COVID, so many weddings have been, you know, postponed and cancelled and all that sort of jazz. And this girl was was like, oh, we just, you know, we've had to postpone our wedding three times. And it's really sad because we just want to get married. No, darling, you just want a wedding. If you wanted to get married, you'd go to the registry office and just fucking get married and have it done with. Do you mean? But no, you want the wedding. Yeah, makes sense. You know, so I think, and again, there's this whole 
with social media, I think it's put a lot of pressure on people to outdo each other yeah, in their relationships. You know, my relationship, my partner is better looking than your partner and he's so hot and we're so happy and, you know, and there's all these fake photographs and they're miserable inside. You know, it's this whole yeah, shallowness, I think, about it that I think has put too much pressure and just makes people not realise that relationships take a lot of effort all the time. And I don't mean relationships are hard. A relationship shouldn't be hard. A relationship shouldn't be difficult. Yeah. But you each have to put 100% in. It's not 50-50. You have to put 100% in and so does your partner. Well, my, no, also, making it work. It's interesting you say it because my sister Christine popped on last week. And she, um, she's got an interesting story. So her husband is 13 years older than her. She, um, she fell pregnant with her first kid when she was 21. He's, so he's 13 years older. He had an eight and a three-year-old. So talking about, you know, hard work and like, so hers, her story is an uncommon one, but she used words like compromise. She used words like being able to be an individual. She used words yes. like, you know, we're still a team and they still have the lovey WIs 14 or 15 years later. And, um, you know, so it can work. As you said, like, it's not all about. Absolutely. But like your sister said, a relationship is about compromise. It isn't all about what you want. Sometimes you've got to go, okay, well, I really want to do this, but he wants to do that. And I'll give him this time and the next time it's my turn. And look, my husband and I, we've been married for 24 years. And we've been together for 25. And we went overseas on a holiday. We'd been together for 10 years at that point. And we did this trip. Now, son, my son was with us. Um, he was 15. And everybody thought we were actually on our honeymoon. That's Because we were still so lovey-dovey and cuddly lovey-dovey. and stuff like that. Yeah. But we are, that's just who we are. And another point I just want to make is I've just sort of thought of it is a lot of people have always ask me, will I find someone who loves me like I like them, love them? And the answer is no. Because we all love differently. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the way you see love could be completely different to the way I see love. Yeah. And, you know, and it's that sort of thing. So it's about finding someone who respects you, I think, is the most important. And that love, that is still there. But love isn't just lovey-dovey stuff. Yeah, it's true. Like you said, like your sister said, it's compromise and love is respect and appreciation and all of those. Do you mean all of those things? And it's about understanding that, that it's, yeah, relationships are they are something that you you work at all the time and you change like the person that I was you know god when when I first met my husband I am a completely different person and it's about growing and changing and adapting with each other as well well that's like it's you know and that's a cool story like you know it's it's nice to hear that people like hey did you just get married and like that's got to be complimentary I think Mm, Um, absolutely so, like, and you know, that in, that's in terms of spousal relationships, but also like siblings, parents, friends. Mm. You know, there was an interesting topic I heard lately about how the correct way to break up with a friend, and I never really thought about like, well, hang on, I guess you kind of are, aren't you? Mm. Um, you know, it's just like it's not me, it's you. You know, yeah. whatever. But like, <laughs> you know, it, it's it, those principles I think should be applied in many avenues, um, in mm. in all forms of relationships. It's kind of like. Mine with the Xbox, he knows I love him, but sometimes he freezes and just doesn't give me that love back. <laughs> <laughs> just needs a break. I just need a break from you, mate. I just need a break. Just let me calm down, it's, cool down, and then and fine. With comments like that, you can definitely see why I'm single. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, and this is going out on a national platform. But see, but the thing is, it's, it's finding it's, it's it's finding someone who has the same sense of humor as well. Do you mean like you need someone that you can sit down and actually laugh with about the same things? There is no point in 
you know, it's okay. For instance, I personally don't like practical jokes. I yeah. don't think seeing people fall over and hurt themselves is funny. Okay, that's just not funny to me and neither practical jokes because the person is usually tormented or horrified or embarrassed and I just don't see that as being funny. So if I, my husband thought that was funny and I, that, there's no way this relationship would work. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. But we have the same sense of humour. So we will sit down there and we will piss ourselves laughing at certain things and, and you know, the comedians that we all love. We love Billy Connolly and we're watching the special on him the other night and because somebody mentioned how he just uses the word fuck all the time. And Chris turned to me and went, you're the Billy Connolly of clairvoyance. <laughs> I use the word fuck it's kind, all it's kind of like It's kind of like a reverse-handed compliment. You know? It is, but, you know what I mean? but it's that having that sense of humour, the same sense of humour is just so important. If you can have and a giggle. Know, it's just... I think banter, it keeps it fresh, like it keeps it exciting. Um, mm. You know, I'm still obviously in my path to find someone and, you know, um, if it happens, then she's – by definition, going to be an absolute dickhead to put up with yeah. this <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. Um, yeah. So but we on... say that, we actually say that, Mitch, to each other. Like, I'll turn to my husband, I go, oh, God, you're a fucking dickhead. And he goes, are you married me? <laughs> it's just like, joke's on you 24, 25 years <laughs> later. I still got this right here. That's I got it, my, that's still got, it. You, you still got the ring on, Dale. Good on you. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> absolutely right. He sounds like a champion. <laughs> <laughs> No, so you know, I, you know, I, look in. I have shared like history about some of my relationships, and I haven't really like spoken about some of the good times. So my longest relationship was between two and a half and three years, and sort of your first love, you never forget. And like you know, the family accepted me as their own, and we had some incredible like we had we shared some incredible like story. And it was, you know, I was young and I was young, and you know, I I felt like perhaps I think back, what was I a bit naive, but the genuine chemistry and connection was actually there. And it was, it was, you know what, it's nice to feel wanted. It's nice to, mm. you know what, just think you knock off work. Just, Hey, just let you know, I've been thinking of you today and I've got some takeout for us later. It's the small things like that. It's recognition. It's, I think for, yeah, for me, it's recognition because yeah, I'm confident as a person, like to do this and make an absolute ass of yourself on national fucking radio. Cool. Yep. Good on you, Mitch. You get ahead for it as I get told all the time. <laughs> But like confidence in relationships, I know I still need to, you know, more practice maybe, I guess you could put it. Mm. So like, you know, it's scary. It's like buying a car. It's like you're going out and you're like, you want to you make sure it's good on the mileage and it's a good ride. Probably yeah. that's, a, that's a terrible <laughs> metaphor. You know what I mean? But it, but it also is like, yeah, you don't want to go and buy a dud either. Putting a lot of effort into a dud. This is true. I don't want, so, I don't want no one's lemon. Yeah. <laughs> That was a terrible joke. I do apologise. But I get what <laughs> you is, mean. It is. And I think another thing too is that when people are looking at relationships is so many people concentrate on, well, you know, he has to be this and that and the other or men are like, oh, well, she's got to have this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. And so, well, hold on, actually look at yourself. And this is an analogy that my, my husband actually used on one of his mates who was no oil painting, as we say. And Chris said to him, he goes, close your eyes. And he goes, and I want you to picture your perfect woman, right? The, the woman you want to be with. And he started describing, oh, she's going to have you know, really long legs and she's gorgeous with long dark hair and he, he, whatever it was. And he just, you know, this beautiful model type person was who was he describing. And Chris said, okay, open your eyes. And he opened his eyes and Chris looked at him, what makes you think that someone like that is going to want fucking you? Do you know what I mean? Like you, and, and, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, dude, that's like way out of your league in the sense of 
you do nothing to look after yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like this whole thing is going like you've been completely unrealistic and you actually need to look at yourself and go, well, am I being, am I somebody that somebody would want? I mean, you know, and that's, that's what we, that's one of the things you go, okay, well, who am I? And yeah, am, am I somebody? And it's not, you know, that whole, oh, I'm not good enough for anybody, but do you know what I mean? Like you sit there and go, well, you know, if you pick your nose and flick it across the room, who's going to put up with that? <laughs> like it's this. That's true. Do you know what song just coming to my head? Casey Champ. Am I not pretty enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is my heart too broken? Yeah. So it's. I do cry too much. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? But it, it's literally like looking at yourself, going, "Okay, well, I'm not perfect, so stop looking for the perfect person." Absolutely. You're going to have faults, just like you do, and I do, and everything everybody uh, else does. I think. Um, I, I've spoken before that my own insecurities cost me a relationship. And, you know, I've come a long way since then. And it um, reinforces, I don't know where I saw or read this quote or heard it or whatever, but no one, went male, female or trans or whatever you might identify at, no one can, I don't think anyone could fall in love with someone else unless they love themselves truly. Mm. And that sounds dirtier than I mean it. I didn't mean it that way. No, no, like- no, I know. I know what you're saying. That's right. I know exactly what you're saying. And it's, yeah, and, and it really is because I think, a lot of people look at getting a partner as someone, you know, then I'll be happy. And you go, no, that's not that. Don't put that pressure on your partner. Your partner's not meant to make you happy. You have to be happy with yourself and confident within yourself with who I am. And then you'll actually attract the right person. Because if you're not, then you're sort of looking for someone who's going to try and fulfill the bits that you think are lacking in yourself. This is true. Right? Can I give an example of, of uh, something I've I've begun through lately. So I, um, I'm the most confident I've ever been in myself with this whole podcasting thing. Like people talking about me, I love it. You know, yes. Mitch's, Mitch's name up in the sky. You know, that yep. awesome. So that's this. This is absolutely helping me soar. But you know, a bit of self, like yeah, a bit of self, like time to do what's right. So I've started doing mindfulness techniques. I'm at the gym. I'm doing powerlifting. So I'm the biggest I've been, but not the fattest. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And you, and so you play to your strengths. And I say, you know, if I start talking to a girl, you know, I'll say, you know, make a joke saying I've got the world's best uncle bod. Well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm not a dad, so I can't claim that. I said, is dad bod adjacent <laughs> and a little bit stronger? You know, like you can find your own unique style. Um, yes. And I think that's what's it seems to be working for me at the moment. Like, on it, best be honest and confident. And they're like, you're so confident. I'm like, well, there's, oh, there's, oh, no, there's actually a reason for that. And the reason is... A, B, C, D. Yep. And yeah, you played your strengths. So yeah, a big part of that was actually the advice that you gave. So, you know, I, I'm very grateful Good. that you took the time Good. out to help me a little no, while ago. My pleasure. And like, I've got, a, got an interesting question. Hmm. So we've spoken about dating and how you've seen it evolve, you know, and just going back real quick to like 21st century dating and this day and age where everything's at our fingertips. I think it was Einstein that theorizes that one day technology will make humans look docile. And hmm. That's borderline, you know, COVID, everyone can work from home. You got at your fingertips, the idea of going to a bar and talking to someone Mm. is going, you know, it's in a world where we're all in lockdown. It's just become convenient, which I get. But, you know, I miss being able to go to a bar and talk to someone. So maybe that is, maybe there is some some truth to it behind that. Mm, Absolutely. So I'm curious about this. So I hope that, so the 10 years plus, whatever you, however long it's been officially doing your readings, have you ever got like a like a weird vibe or a negative vibe about someone just going bro just or like an evil vibe or something like so you you oh if that makes sense not I'm gonna say not an evil vibe 
though sometimes I've done readings for people and, and I and for those that, that don't know how I work I do telephone Skype zoom readings but I also do email readings where I don't even know what the person looks like all, all I'm getting is an email with a question in it okay. but what I can actually what I usually get is the person that you just go it's not going to matter what I say to them they're not going to be happy with it they're just so negative they don't want to hear the truth to me like they they just want someone to make wave a magic wand and make everything better for them um they don't want to put the effort into their life um and and I will say that sometimes I've done readings for people and say there's there's an issue in a relationship and they're like I'm in this relationship you know my partner's blah 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 and and you just want to say the problem's actually you do you mean your your partner's actually not the problem you're the problem you know you're too demanding or you're too you know you're not trusting or whatever it is you know so it's it I, I get those kind of vibes but I don't, well, I've never, ever, that I'm aware of, done a reading for a serial killer, for instance, and, and picked up that they're evil, you know. I, um, I, I just found, I just remembered, you did an email reading for me back in 2013. Oh, did I? Wow. I'm trying to find it. Um, but it was about asking about, like, love and stuff. So I just, I'm just trying, trying to see if I can find it. So I'm not trying to be rude. And No, 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 you're right. 2013. Here we go. Trent, from you, yep. uh, in twenty, so the twenty seventh of the ninth. So I've asked, I'm like, question number one: Anytime in the future, will I will I meet a girlfriend that's up to my standard? Really, Rich? Yes. Really? See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. But you can, but you can even see how you've changed from that person of 2013, and how oh. you would ask a question now. Wow. So that was the first one. That was the first question. So your question that was, hi, Mitch. Depend- so this is it right here? Yep. I forgot about this. Depends on what your standards are. If you're looking for a perfect woman, then you're not going to find you. Then this, you said almost the same thing 10 years later. No yeah. one is perfect, but if you're looking for a woman who is perfect for you and you're willing to accept a few flaws and maybe not exactly what you have on your wish list in regards to looks, then yes, you'll find her. She might not tick all the boxes, but you'll take most of them. And whether you want to accept it or not is up to you. I'm getting she's still about six months away for you that you'll meet her at a party or something and at a fundraising event. I'm also getting her name will start with K. That's that's weird because I did date a girl whose name started with K about a year after that for a little bit. Yeah. So you weren't actually wrong. Like it was right. And so like I should send you that. So like it's it's no bullshit, guys. <laughs> I could I'm gonna put the email up too. But um, that was sent via to your Katrina Jane forward slash blog. So yep. here it is here, seven, uh, eight years ago. Eight years ago. There you go. There you go. Holy shit. Cool. And I think that I'm just sort of just cringing. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> How could I have asked that question? That right, question. Right now. Like, so that was a young blonde. It wasn't. So there was a story I shared um, where I met someone who had hurt me and I referred to her as bitch face. Mm. Yeah. That was in reference to her. Mm-hmm. So. There you go. But see how much you've grown. You see, that's what I'm saying. It's like back then you weren't really ready for a relationship. You weren't. No, there was a. So I don't know if you heard back to any other ones, but there was a, a stage where it was just, yeah, girls at the pub just, yeah, didn't think it through and just had a, you know, it was look short term things. And anyway, yeah. so things have changed and holy shit, what an asshole I was, eh? <laughs> but see, like I said, that's. That's actually not a bad, I'm going to say that's actually not a bad thing. The bad thing would be if you were still that person this many years later and you're still stuck in that 
yeah. the way you thought, but you've actually grown. You've grown up. You've experienced oh. things. You can sit there and go, yeah, I've I was grown a out. an asshole back then, wasn't I? Jesus Christ. You I've know? grown outwards. Like, I've known that much. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, no wonder I didn't get a decent, you know, have a decent relationship. Because, again, that's like I was saying. It's like you've got to look at yourself and go, well, am I somebody that somebody would want? Like, am I a decent person? I think these days I am. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's because I take lot, like that's because I, I take Claritin, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrendous. So yeah, I, I I went on a bit of a tangent there. So like, have you actually like what's like one of the weirdest like readings you've done for all like so like you get the you get the answers? Can you? Does any stick out from your memory? Oh, yeah. Oh, look, I I, I can see. It. I always say to people, I'm the person you invite to dinner because I've got just so many stories about readings, and I will say to people that I don't remember people like I. I the reading I'm going to share with you, I, I don't remember this guy's name. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what he looked like. Do you know what I mean? And I can't yeah. even tell you that date of when it, I just remember bits and pieces of people's readings for whatever reason, because they stand out or they were funny or horrendous or whatever. Yep. All I remember is he was fairly young, um, quite buff. He looked after himself, obviously, went to the gym or whatever. And he was talking, you know, we're doing this reading. And I said, Oh, you and a mate want to go into business together. And he's like, Yeah. And I went, Okay. Um, and then I, and I'm sitting there and I, cause you know, I voice recorded readings and I stopped and I thought, fuck. So I pressed the pause button and I said to him, this is on pause. I'm not recording this, this bit right now. And he went, okay. And I went, Oh, where'd you go? Are you there? Me? Yeah. yeah My I'm screen's still... just gone blank. I can still see you. Okay. Well, it's just gone completely blank. So I'm just going to go into my other room here and just plug my computer in because something weird just happened there. So as long as you can still hear me, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's so still anyway, coming through. I can see you. You okay. just walk into a that's study weird. or something. Okay, so um, he, I, I said to him, look, this is on pause at the moment, okay? So, you know, I said, is your mum going to be listening to this reading? And he went, yeah, she will be. And I, I went, okay. Um, I said, you and your mate actually want to be male escorts, yeah? Like male prostitutes. That's what he wanted to, that's what they were thinking of doing. And he went, yeah. And I went, okay, well, I'll just refer to it as the business. So if mum listens to it, you can make up whatever you want in regards to what this business is. And so I'm going on with this reading and all that sort of stuff. And he's just sitting there and he's going, fuck, this is just so weird that you'll talk to me about this. <laughs> They're right. Yeah, but that's literally, literally that's, and I was just like, got this vibe and it's like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, another quick one was I did a reading for a gentleman. And he was just, I, know, I can't remember in a lot of detail, but I said to him, I keep seeing like for the next six months, this is what you're going to do. But after six months, like there's nothing. I'm not getting any information. He goes, okay, fair enough. And I said, look, you're going to get a yacht and you'll do some sailing and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, when we finished the reading, he actually said, I have a terminal illness and I'll be dead in six months. Whoa. And so you sit there and go, ah, so that's why, that is why I'm not getting any information. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so there you go. It was um quite, so, yeah, you have those really weird and bizarre things. But I, you know, like I said, I don't remember the exact people. I don't remember names and dates. It's like your reading that I did for you. I don't remember it at all. Well, you, co- you couldn't because you've got that many, what, yeah, you, you got, you know, that many, what, you could probably be busting out however many emails and then. You do a reading, bust out another email, another email, whatever yeah. it might be. So there's, yeah. you know, there's no possible and they just way you all could. all blur in. They all blur in together. But like I said, there's just these little snippets of things that you remember. Just because, like I said, that young boy just sitting there going, oh, this is just weird. You're just talking to me about this. You know, it's just like, yeah, well, that's just what I'm getting. So that's what I've got to give you. 
I wonder if you ever did. No idea. No idea. That's cool. So like, so so I noticed also that in your list of bona fides, very impressive list of bona fides, is that you've also been involved in motivational speaking. Yes. So how does how does a, an author, a clairvoyant, then go on to motivating people? You know, however many people, like hundreds of, I was going to yes. say, a, the collective people, I guess. Okay. I'll just say that I'm actually a multi award-winning international author can I just you know just put that out there <laughs> I have I have I don't I want to toot my own horn but uh, yeah, yeah, be, I be. Hey, I'm doing a Mitch let's just say I'm doing a Mitch <laughs> I think one's enough yeah. everyone it's now when you toot your own horn you're doing a Mitch um yeah I, I've actually won a number of awards for books so uh what actually happened for me is and one thing I do say to people is just because I'm a clairvoyant doesn't mean, you know, we don't know everything. Clairvoyants don't know everything. We're not friggin' God, okay? And shit happens to us just as much as it happens to everybody else. That's, sure. that's just life. So I actually went through a really crap time. It's probably about four or five years ago now. Um, I was actually suffering really severe depression and I was actually suicidal. Still working as a clairvoyant, yeah. right? Still working as a clairvoyant. That's literally what saved me because when I do readings for people, I have to actually get out of my own head. Do you know, like you just got to get out of it. You've got to put all that aside and you just got to focus on what you're doing. Um, it took me two years to get through that. And, and I, you know, I came out the other side after having you know, depression, anxiety and all that sort of jazz. Um, and part of that was doing my own research on things like low self-esteem and, you know, all of that sort of stuff and how our upbringings affect us and how we aren't supposed to let it affect us and changing the way that we think and all that sort of jazz. So that's literally how I, got, I, I did it. So I actually went to the United States and I did a talk at um the Best You Expo um, a few years ago. And so, yeah, I um, did a talk there on the steps that I took to get through depression. So you actually took it upon yourself and got yourself through it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I did see a psychologist as well. I probably saw a psychologist about five times, but the rest of it was literally just learning. I'm a person that I need to know the information myself. Like I have to read things and then process it in my own way and then grab what makes sense for me because we're all different in how we process things yeah, and sure. what works. You know, there's no, yeah. yeah, there's no one thing that fits everybody. So it's about, so I said to fit. So that's what I do. I, I motivate people one and look, in all honesty, I even think, and I think you'd probably agree as well, Mitch, that even in my readings, they're kind of, motivational Come on, this is what you've got to do you've got to you've got to pull your you know pull your finger out mate and you've got to actually go and do this and this and this and i can see this great world happening for you but you've got to do stuff yourself yeah you know I, you can't just sit there and expect it to happen well i was inspired and i'm you know I, so i've been a shift worker now for almost five years and like you know it's it's fine you do your work you go home you enjoy yourself now i have enjoyed myself a little bit too much and i've become what's called a truck wit. So I operate haul trucks mainly and um, you get truck gut and I put on a few kegs, you know, it's starting to shrink now, but that, that autopilot, that motivation was lacking. And um, you know, I would express enough to anyone or I would even go so far as to say, I would implore you go out and challenge yourself, you know, like Mm. go to the gym, absolutely find something like create some content that works for you. Like, and I've battled anxiety in the past and what my coping mechanism was, was, talking to a counsellor and then speaking of that, I, 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 like it's kind of like this, I'm getting into contact with people that I haven't spoken to for a long time and mm. and then going on a holiday and just changing the normality, changing the the routine I was in yes. made me so much happier of a person. Now that I'm doing this, it's like mm. you never know where you're going to come down, but I can assure you that the grass is greener when you finally do come down from that after the initial challenge. And yeah. um, that's... But, but as, you, as you said, Mitch, 
And as we said earlier, like you can't expect to change if you don't change. That's right. You know, don't, I get really frustrated when I hear people saying, oh, I've put on so much weight. Oh, you know, it's like, well, fucking get off your ass and start doing something, you know. Don't just complain about it and keep shoving Tim Tams in your mouth. Yeah. You know, and, and in all honesty, Mitch, my husband's on a bit of the same journey as you. He um, did a lot of travel with his business and we've sold it, we've semi-retired and he's drastically overweight and he finally went, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor's and start this health journey because I, I don't believe in diets. You're having a lifestyle change. So he went to the and had his blood tests and all that and and um, the doctor basically said, well, keep going the way you're going and you'll be dead in less than 10 years. That, that, was, that was the diagnosis. So he had high cholesterol, high blood pressure, like his blood pressure was nearly deadly level and overweight and all that sort of stuff. And I went, okay. And we just thought completely. And I had to join him because it's like, okay, we're completely changing our diet. We're going to start exercising. But I said to him, you have to, and I say this to anybody, when you're trying to get healthy, don't just, if you love the gym, by all means, go to the gym, but don't just assume that's your only option. There are plenty of other options of exercise. So find something you love doing, because if you don't love doing it, you're not going to do it. How many people buy a gym membership and then never go? Yeah. So, and as I say, I love pole dancing. I do pole dancing. Okay. That's, I love that for my exercise. I love walking and I hate swimming. My husband loves swimming, but he gets motivated and I'm motivating him. I go swimming with him. So that's, so So we go together. Motivate the, you know, the one who's closest in your life and getting in having a crack too. You know, sometimes. And again, that's what a relationship is about. It, yeah. It's helping and supporting. And that's what being a soulmate is. It's supporting each other. Going, okay, you're going through a shit time. I'm not going to sit there and eat Tim Tams in front of you because I can, because I'm I'm fit and healthy and whatever. Yep. Stringent across the board. And it's just being supportive of each other. Yeah, nice. So hopefully, I honestly, listening to all that, I hope I meet someone like that one day, you know. Mm, you will. Name starts the... with A. Wasn't, it wasn't a name starting with A? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had dinner and drinks with the last week. So it will see what happens. I mean... She's yeah. from up north, so it meets the criteria. And no bullshit. That's yes. legit a thing. Um, yes. So for those who are like, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah, nah. Sorry, bruh. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you want to fact check me, I inbox me and I'll give you the details of, uh, of you know, where it all went down. So all good. Yeah. Um, good stuff. But, um, yeah, so you know, I honestly hope to have that someday. Yeah, you will. Where all the ducks line up in a row and everything else is MasterCard, you know, all that. That's it. That's it. So we like to do something on this show. So first and mm. foremost, thank you for all of your insight and expertise and all this. My I can pleasure. definitely know that my knowledge base is growing exponentially. <laughs> and, you know, that's a fair bit for this size melon, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so like we liked, okay, so there's a, the one consistent thing every episode has had is that we get to a section of the show where we would just like to have a good old whinge about stuff that's, it might be something's happened recently, something's happened for a long time. So I'm asking you, would you like to have a, a bitchy with Mitchy? Oh, it's almost like my whinge and Wednesday. I have the same thing on a Wednesdays on my oh, Facebook dear. page. It's whinging Wednesday. We'll just call this spit it all out. Moaning with, have Mini- a bitchy with Mitchy. Moaning with Mitchy oh, Monday. <laughs> in all honesty, there could be just so many things I could bitch about and complain about. But I'm going to pick my pet peeve. It's, you know, it's, just, it's a pet peeve that I have here. People who don't put their fucking shopping trolleys back. (laughs) Do you mean? Yeah. Like really, they just leave it there or they take it over to the trolley holder and they don't actually push it in. So each trolley is just stacked far apart as opposed (laughs) to just like 
concertining them and fitting them all. It's just like, it's not that difficult to do, do you know? Yeah. And it's just like a little bit of consideration for the person who's going to park, wants to park their car there, but you've now left your trolley there. <laughs> well, you would hate curry curry because every second resident's got a trolley in their driveway. <laughs> oh, oh, I just... <laughs> Seriously, just put the trolleys back. Uh, put the I, trolleys. I, I like those places where you can't take it out of the shopping centre. Like, do you mean that the wheels lock? Have you seen those oh, ones? I think yeah, they're in the yeah, States. Yeah. But, and you just say so that stops people walking off with them. <laughs> well, I can understand if you, you know, you don't have a car and, you know, that's like I get that. But just take the trolley back with you when you go back to the shops and put it back where it belongs. All right. So there's a, where I am, I live at, so there's a, the main street is about 100 metres away, set of traffic lights, and the amount of young kids of a weekend night time that will ride the trolley down the hill, and the yep. amount of trolleys left in, in the intersection at the lights, and it's just like, could you park a trolley on the footpath, thanks, champion, or whatever it might be, so yeah, I get that. No, it's a bit of, yeah. but you know that you know, and that that um, I, I think applies to many things. Just a little bit more effort and effort something and consideration, effort yeah. and consideration for the people around you. It's it's really gone by the wayside. And people who walk and look on their phones, they're not they walk into postal, they step in front of a car and then complain because they got hit. Or, do you mean like it's mm. just that consideration? Like the world doesn't revolve around you, and it's yeah, just. Put your shopping trolleys away. Tunnel, they get tunnel vision, you know, like yeah. to the side of the eyes and just point A yeah. to point B. Um, yeah, it's it's just about me and I just want to get here and I don't give a shit what anybody else is doing or what's happening in anybody else's life. And it's, it's like the whole fucking toilet paper tragedy of 2020. <laughs> toilet paper gate. Oh, fucking Yeah. Man. Yeah. Do you mean like that? It's just like you stealing, taking all that toilet paper, you've left nothing for anybody else. Again, it's just selfish. <laughs> you know, no consideration. Reminds me of a story with my dad. So when sort of when the, the lockdown had, um, it wasn't long after it started and you could still go and see family. So I, I was essential, went down to see dad and he's like, look, I need some toilet paper. And he's telling me, went, to, went up to Coles and there was nothing there. And there's this one guy who looks at me and goes, oh, there's no toilet paper here, champion. You know, what are we going to do? Rah, rah. And then he had, I said, oh, mate, well, looks like you might just start flushing paper towels. We're laughing and carrying on. And then a bloke, as serious as the ace of spades looks at me and goes, you can't flush the paper. They won't go down and they won't dissolve in the toilet. Don't be so fucking inconsiderate. I'm like, whoa, mate, I was just joking. So dad and I left and said, dad, listen to this. I then proceeded to crop dust him. So what that is, is where you drop a massive fart at the end of the aisle, you walk around the other side and all you hear is, oh, who was that? <laughs> so he <laughs> I, said, I, said, I just said to dad, I said, a oh, hurricane, Mitch, she's just blown in the town, you asshole. <laughs> but we found we found a, someone had tried to stash a six roll of toilet paper at the end of the aisle. I think they were trying to get two at once. Dad's yes. like, yeah, let's take that. And we got some. And uh, you know, the best part of Mitchie was left in Turkley Coles. <laughs> oh, dearie, oh, That's horrendous. Oh, I know that's probably horrendous, but I guess oh. I wasn't very considerate. So Yeah. But <laughs> People, like, people are just, yeah, I just get frustrated with that people are not considerate. This I mean, guy was such just, a square. Like, he was just a, such yeah. a square. Like, that won't and, dissolve. And, and, and again, for you, Mitch, it would have been in the delivery. Like, if he'd sit, turn around and goes, you actually realise you can't, like, I know you know, I know you're joking, but you realise you can't do it, right? Like, if he'd sort of said it as yeah, opposed yeah, to being man, this course. real just super serious person about it. I just, me being a funny idiot, just going, <laughs> that cop that, who was that? Yes, nailed him. <laughs> So, okay, that's, you know what, I agree with you 100%. Inconsiderate people with things like trolleys. My, um, actually, you see this quite commonly, 
especially of areas of lower socioeconomic status. Learned that word. Thank you, Year 12 PD. Thank you. Yes. And uh, I'll just lick my finger in front of this guy in a shout-out. Yes. Um, okay. Nothing against smokers, body means. You want to go for it, go for your life. But what, what pisses me off is just in my experience, I've noticed it happens in poor areas, is that people will get their, their, their darts, cigarettes, whatever you call them, and then immediately when they're outside the door, fire it up. Just before, like, I noticed a guy was about three metres from the doorway, lit it up, and there was a, a lady walking with a pram. Mm, mm. And the partner was nearby. She's like, what are you, like, are you fucking serious, mate? Like, it's a newborn kid here. Oh, get fucked. It's that, yeah. that selfishness. Yes, and throwing the cigarette butts. Yeah. Don't ever start me on dropping your cigarette butts on the ground. Well, I mean, how much, look at the fires 2019. Like, surely that should be enough to go, you know what, maybe I will use the ashtray or what, I don't know, like whatever smokers do, I'm not one myself. I actually, but... I actually had a friend who smoked um, and he, his sister smoked as well. And he was, you know, back then, he, he was he's probably in his 60s now. But they always put their cigarette butt out and he always put it in his pocket. What? She said, don't you ever, ever, ever throw it on the ground. Or you I mean, carry a little something to bag to put it in or whatever, but he never, ever, ever threw them on the ground. And I was like, good on you. Well, I mean, if, yeah, if you want to smoke, by all means smoke, but have some consideration of the environment and the people around you. In his pocket. Yeah. I mean, that's better he than... He put it out. Like, he put it out on the ground. So it'd be completely put out, but then he just put it the, the butt in his pocket. Yeah, and when right. he got home, he emptied his pocket and put it in the bin. Is his pants that stink? Oof. Well, he stunk anyway. He smoked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they stink. People who smoke stink anyway. Like yeah, they this is true. smoke. Actually, I was speaking to a friend uh, was it last night and she's a, a masseuse massage therapist. And she's telling me that like, you know, when you massage a smoker, every pore that you, you know, because yeah. you're trying to open it up, just she's like, yeah, every, you get a good whiff. She goes, I never need to buy a pack because I can always get nailed by this stuff. Yeah. So that sucks. All right. But, you know, we're not hating anyone. That no, was no, just... no. As I said, if, if you want to smoke, that's fine. But, again, have some consideration for the people around you. It's your choice to smoke if you want to. No one's saying not to smoke. We're just saying don't puff the minute you walk out the door or around other people. It and, was... of course, throw your butts in the bin. It was legit, you know, from me to my doorway, which is, yeah, less than three metres and hmm. big anyways. So, so, yeah, so, you know, it's cool. It's been cool talking to you today. Um, it's lovely chatting to you, Mitch. Um, you must, have you had your lunch? Because you're, you're heading into lunchtime and I'm heading into lunchtime now. So have you had your lunch? I had a, a, a couple of chicken wraps just before and they were yummy. Nice. Um, but no, nice. just so, no, just to reiterate, thanks for helping me earlier this year. Um, My pleasure. Th- thanks for coming on Life's a Mitch, episode seven. But before we go, do you just want to um, sort of let us know when people can find your books or get in contact with you on the socials and stuff? Sure. So website is www dot katrina with a hyphen jane.com yep. um so if you want to email me direct it's just katrina at katrina jane.com the same thing so is uh katrina jane clairvoyant medium on facebook katrina jane 01 on instagram and i've also got a the motivational woman instagram and, and website as okay well. cool all which i'll i will put all in the bio anyways but you know i in all honesty i can firsthand say that she legit knows what she's doing i mean i, I dated back 2013 so i can for nearly a decade, I don't know why it took me so long to actually get a reading, but you, know, can't <laughs> you weren't change. ready. Quite simple. You maybe, weren't ready. Maybe. Um, maybe it's just a tight ass. I don't know. But like <laughs> for what you get, it's um it's definitely worth the time, effort, and the investment that you're making. So if you're feeling stuck, if you want some advice on anything, or if you just want a general like have your future read or whatever, 
then by all means hit, hit her up and she'll be able to help you out. So I think, you know, once again, happy International Women's Day. Thank um, you. And yeah, I appreciate, I very, 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 I'm putting my hands together. I very humbly appreciate your time. My and, pleasure. And my pleasure, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely be keeping in contact and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for that. Thanks again. Absolutely. No worries. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, mate. See ya. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. So, as always, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can feel free to reach us at midi underscore 58 at hotmail.co.uk or Life's a Mitch podcast on Facebook and get in touch anytime. Cheers.